Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Jim White, and I'm your host, and uh, we're broadcasting live from Carmel, California on Saturday the 17th, 2011. We've got a fantastic show for you today. We're going to discuss uh, the FAA and the Surface Transportation Extension uh, that just occurred uh, yesterday. We're going to take a look at uh, President Obama's American Job Act, if you will. And we're going to drill down on that further to take a look at the impact that that would have on, on California. And we're going to do a brief review of some of the discussions that's going on in uh, Washington at this point in time in, in regards to tax reform. And I would love to get your input on any and all of these subjects and anything else you'd like to bring up today. And you can participate live by calling 619-768-7298. Also, I want to take this opportunity to thank uh, Dr. Ted Lewis, uh, which is our special guest last Saturday, uh, the author of uh, Box Sandpow and the uh, director of the uh, Home Center for uh, Defense and, and, and uh, Security at uh, Naval Postgraduate School Homeland uh, Department. Okay, so Ted has a standard invitation anytime. Come on back. But before we dig into the uh, a lot of the details here, and uh, I, I just want to frame the show today, but kind of putting things in context uh, in, in regards to uh, rebuilding. America's economic foundation. Now, in my mind, there's not a single more important mission than we face today in the 21st century. Many of our parents, well, all of us, I should say all of our parents and our grandparents built America into the world's leading economic superpower. We have, and we've enjoyed that for many, many years. We have, we collectively have a um, responsibility, and I use that word and I make emphasis on that word, responsibility, to our own children and to our grandchildren to strengthen, add more value, if you will, not to squander uh, I'm going to use the word inheritance. It's inheritance of the great country that we uh, live in, in the United States. And to pass on to them, to them, our children and our grandchildren, a country whose best days are still ahead. And I believe that. Our best days are still ahead. Now, we live, and, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, right? But we, we live in a turbulent, it's complicated, and competitive world. The worst recession in 80 years cost us trillions, trillions in wealth. It has drove billion, millions and millions of Americans out of their jobs and homes. Even more, it called into question into question the belief in our system and faith in the way forward. So once again, it called into question uh, our belief into our system and the faith in the way forward. Our infrastructure and the good policy making that 
built the infrastructure is the key reason that Americans became this economic superpower. It's through the development of our infrastructure. But many of the great decisions which put us on this path uh, of trajectory uh, are now, you know, about a half a century old. All right. In the last decade, our global economic competitors have led the way in planning and building uh, the transportation networks of the 21st century. Countries around the world have not only started spending more than the United States does today, but they made those financial commitments from both public and private dollars. I've been talking about for weeks that we're going to do a show on what we call 3P, the uh, public-private partnerships. There is a wonderful article in Engineering News Record um, uh, quoting uh, these partnerships and some of the things that's going on. And we're going to just touch on that a little bit, and that show is going to come uh, come up in the future. But I, I just wanted to take a moment and, and just bring that up again. And to say to all of our contractors, and, and, and I know a lot of our contractors, specifically in California, are somewhat concerned about uh, these particular types of jobs. But, you know, I, I'm here to say that they are a great alternative. There is a lot of uh, private uh, funds available for some of these mega infrastructure projects through the 3P program. So I just wanted to take take a moment to reinforce it, and that show is going to be coming up very shortly. So the basis of 21st century strategies that, and I'm taking my time here, that, because I want you to think about these words, that will equip them to make commanding strides in the economic growth for the next 20, 25 years, okay? And a lot of this is going to come from the public-private partnership standpoint as well, some of these mega projects, okay? Now, it is clear in my mind, and I think to most Americans uh, and most people around the globe, uh, that unless we make a significant change in our course and direction, uh, the foreign competition is going to pass us by, and a real opportunity to restore America's economic strength will be lost. Now, I, for one, believe that the American people deserve better than uh, what we're currently getting. Okay, So know that infrastructure, uh, vision for that infrastructure is absolutely critical. Now, let's take a look that the uh, uh, the extension, okay. Now, what I you know we could talk about these things and uh, the extensions and you know to nauseam, okay. Uh, but what I really want to focus on uh, in our show today, because we got a lot of topics, and these topics, each one of them will carry a ten week series within themselves, right? And I know you recognize that. So, what I really want to uh, do is to raise awareness to all of our listeners around the around the globe, and this awareness is one to know that you do have a voice, know that you can be heard, and know that uh, we need to become more involved in every decisions that our elected officials do it, and not be passive, if you will. So, what strikes me. And this is where we got to change. This extension that was made. Now, what did what did what did they basically do? Well, uh, September the fifteenth, uh, it was approved. Lawmakers was approved, and it's that legislation which is HR two eight eight seven, right? Now, it, it temporarily extends the funding for the Federal Aviation Administration. You know, we went down. Uh, and just let you know that was costing four hundred billion a day without Whittingham and surface transportation programs. Now, the legislation extends through uh, January thirty first, twenty twelve. Another short term stopgap. And I echo all the 
engineering and uh, CEOs of all the major construction. You can't plan six months at a time with these mega projects. Okay, but the extension is through January the thirty first, twenty twelve. Now, what's significant here? The excise taxes uh, at their current levels for the AA programs is intact. Now, this includes the uh, excise taxes on domestic and international air passenger transportation as well as general aviation fuel all remain kind of kind of the same, uh, is the same. I shouldn't say kind of, is the same. Now, the legislation also extended through March 31, 2012, uh, uh, the safety the highway users uh, fund, excess taxes to finance the surface transportation programs, and this program is referred to as safety, S-A-F-E-T-E-A-L-U, for reference, if you want to look that up. Now, the FAA funding uh, was scheduled to expire on the 17th today, and the funding for the surface transportation programs uh, was the 30th, uh, of the, which is the end of the fiscal year for the government, you well know. Now, uh, President Obama uh, signed it uh, uh, yesterday. Now, while we have these stop gaps, and like I said at the you know on, on the show uh, leading leading up to today, I guess we should be thankful for small miracles, right? And and I'm not making light of the importance of this extension. It is important. We've said it over and over and over on the show. Uh, the series that we did on economic impact of construction in California. We've said it over there. We need a long-term highway bill. We need a long-term in order to be able to continue to uh, plan. Now, negotiations uh, continue uh, to negotiate the long-term funding plans for the FAA and the surface transportation programs. Okay. Now, the House and the Senate disagree on their funding and the length of their extensions. For example, the House FAA proposal, H.R. 658, would reauthorize the airport and airway trust fund through September 30, 2014. Now, these sometimes can be very, very, very boring facts. <laughs> it's a, trying to make them uh, a little bit more exciting, but reason I'm taking the time to you need to be aware of these dates, uh, these bills, uh, the small firms, if you uh, you can't afford to have people involved in this on a daily basis, keep it up with it. That's one of the reasons we do the show every Saturday morning. Uh, what's the mission of our show is to inspire and to educate and uh, talk about strategy and a call to action. Uh, and all these many topics that affect not only the United States, but the globe. Okay, So that's what we're here to do every Saturday morning. So it, it's to pass on information in such a way that we can comprehend. Okay, Now, as I said, H.R. 658 would reauthorize the Airport and Airway Trust Fund through September 3rd of 2014. Now, and that would extend the uh, related excise taxes at their current levels. Now, I'm going to say in contrast, that's the, that's the uh, House side. Contrast, the Senate's version, which is S223, will last through September the 30th, 2013. Now, look at the difference here. Talk about you. And increase the general aviation jet fuel tax from 21.8 cents to 35.9 cents per gallon, okay, huge, and establish a 14.1 uh, cent per gallon surtax on fractional fuel, you know, the fractional aircraft, in addition to classifying fractional flights as general aviation for tax purposes. So, you know, the progress on this is is slow. Uh, that's the reason I encourage you to support uh, all your local associations. I mean, there are so many great ones. The Northern California, the EUCA, 
AGC, uh, AED. I mean, I know I get emails all the time from different associations. Why do you leave us out? That's the subcontractors association, minority, minority uh, associations, the builders exchange. All of these people uh, have, are a great resource uh, to stay on top of this. But what you need to do as the employer, as the leader, as the leader of your household, if you will, you need to be relentless about uh, talking to your local representative uh, and, and to be able to make decisions, decisions, decisions. Now, what I also find very interesting about the FAA side and the shutdown that we went through is is this. All accounts in the reporting, uh, go Google FAA's website, okay, and take a look at this. The FAA is saying they project total gridlock by 2015. That is the air traffic control. If you could just see a visual and look up into the sky, and we've got airplanes on top of airplanes, and our air traffic control system hasn't improved in 50 years for okay? So we have the technology uh, but it's not only is it hurting us economically, but the safety factor is just uh, compounding as well. So you need to be aware of this. When, uh, 2015, FAA said, we're going to be in total gridlock. Yet we come back and we're still negotiating on trying to come up with these different plans and these different extensions. And like I said, um, I appreciate the extension. Uh, I appreciate uh, everyone on both sides of the aisles uh, work in making this happen. But come on, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's, it's get it together. It's, it's get in there and, and it's get a long term uh, bill put together. Okay, it's get a long term. And and I keep going back to that. Okay, and and I think a good way as I uh, do in each and every week, and we're researching, preparing for each show. Um, cannot help but uh, to go back in history. And I know in previous shows I have shared uh, some of this data, but it, I think it's very important uh, before we uh, drill down on the um, uh, President Obama's job bill's proposal uh, is to say uh, why is infrastructure so important, right? But now I think we understand, you know, the consequences of inadequate infrastructure every day. We see it every day. Okay, we get stuck in traffic and uh, jams and accidents. And uh, we had a, a wonderful guest, uh, Dan Himmick, the president of CC Myers, uh, two or three weeks ago, uh, talking about and really gave some very uh, sobering uh, facts. And I just want to reinforce those again that. The cost uh, to the taxpayer is huge from the infrastructure, and I'm just quoting from an article that uh, Dan wrote. Uh, uh, it's called a, a Quality of Life Issue. Uh, but look at these numbers here. Uh, $8.7 billion annually uh, uh, is caused from poor roads and motors, $13.5 billion annually due to repairs and accelerated depreciation. Uh, serious crashes. This is when it gets me. Cost motors seven point six billion annually due to lost productivity, earnings, and medical cost, uh, and emergency services. Uh, the total, the total price tag for this, for poor infrastructure, uh, California alone is, you know, just a staggering thirty nine point eight billion dollars annually. Now, on a national basis, uh, deficient roadways conditions contribute to to more than one-half. Now, this is important. This is important stuff. One-half of all the U.S. fatalities. Now, this is more than drunk driving and speeding or failing to use seatbelts combined. So these, these, these are huge, huge, huge numbers, right? Huge, huge things. Now, as I was digging back in history, and uh, as, as you know, my uh, my uh, day job is uh, consultant, uh, coaching, speaker, leadership development, uh, project management, training, organizational development, all these things that uh, we work with uh, talented organizations, individuals on a daily basis. So it's all about leadership, right? 
It's all about leadership. And you can Google that word over and over and over and come up with these, but it's all about leadership. Now, the whole idea about building and maintaining a successful economy uh, with infrastructure at the center of the federal policy has been has been with us uh, since the beginning as we became America. Uh, the visionary authors of our Constitution uh, were also the architects of our prosperity. Now, they designed a federal system l- limited enough, and that's the word, limited enough to protect our liberties as individuals, but expansive enough for a central government that could plan, that's the word, plan, invest, and build for a more productive economic future that we could enjoy in common by acting together. Now, uh, authors of the Constitution had enough foresight to do this, right? This is 2011, ladies and gentlemen. We have more information available at our fingertips. So we should be able to find qualified leaders in this country that has the ability to negotiate and compromise, has the ability to uh, set set a vision and to inspire following of that vision, and at the end of the day, is really get something done, right? I mean, we 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 got to get stuff done. I know there was a number that was uh, really staggering that uh, Dan Hemick uh, quoted on when he was on the show. I think it was August twenty seventh, and he was saying it takes about sixteen years to begin at the end on these projects, right? Well, come on, this is this is nonsense. However. Dan would only quote that there was a particular project uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, that was a crisis situation. They came in and they had like limited days and and they actually uh, built this project in 17 days. And so and we were kind of chuckling as we were discussing this, saying, well, geez, I don't I don't get it. If we could do this in an emergency time, why can't we do this in normal times? Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. What do you think about that, right? What do you think about uh, these these issues? If we can do things in a crisis, and Americans are good at responding to crisis, right? Now, I'm going back to the vision, and this is what I'm laying out here, because we're talking about that we've got to get the, uh, all the lawmakers uh, to finally come together and to know uh, and, and, and to agree on some basic – fundamentals that once again we need a what a long-term highway funded act right so as i was looking at this history and 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 for you that i i know i'm gonna get a lot of emails from you i know that i've quoted some of these numbers before but once again in communication we say it and say it again right and that's what we're doing here but i, I just wanted to quote in 1808 what uh thomas jefferson uh administration released is the gallatin uh plan, which was articulating a 100-year vision for a national transportation system and proposed, uh, and, and at that time, proposed for $20 million with today's dollars about $324 billion, right? So I just want to uh, reinforce that, uh, that there was a vision. So it all goes back to vision, right? Vision, 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 vision. And to be able to communicate that vision, and to be able to have that vision grounded in solid science, uh, solid math. That's where we really get ourselves in trouble. We got too many ways to add right? <laughs> or divide or, or different equations. Uh, we've got to be able to rely on solid data, 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 data. That's uh, uh, that's accurate, and it doesn't have a uh, spin one way or the other for any political party, but what's best for uh, economic development and jobs, 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 right? So before I get into uh, the proposed uh, Americans' Job Acts that uh, President Obama just sent to Congress, just on Monday, I believe it was, yeah, but Monday when he went to Congress, uh, just want to go back to 1956. A little history here, once again, to continue to put things in perspective uh, that uh, Dwight Eisenhower, uh, right after World War II, remember, uh, 
convinced Congress to build and finance the interstate highway system. Now, that started in 1956. Well, we're still making decisions based on those same uh, same things today. And what uh, Eisenhower uh, proposed and did in '56 is certainly not going to be uh, applicable to the day because we got so many other demands. You know, our bottlenecks uh, and uh, it's just huge. Uh, all of our economic, uh, um, the freight and the transportation and. Uh, as uh, Dr. Lewis was discussing, the uh, electrical grid and the complexity of that, uh, we also have, uh, you know, in this Internet world, uh, we also have AT&T and T-Mobile uh, with that proposed merger. And we're going to be doing a show on that. I think it's going to be next week. Uh, I'm not sure, but we'll keep you posted uh, to talk about uh, good, bad. You know, what do you, what do you think of that? Well, uh, well, right now the DOJ is everybody's in a lawsuit and everybody's supported. But one thing's one thing's for sure: we need uh, we we need more data. We need to be able to connect more rural areas. Uh, it's going to, in my opinion, going to be good for uh, small business. So I, I think this merger, I'm, as you can already tell, I'm, I'm supportive of this merger. Uh, a lot of people say, well, it's going to be a monopoly. The prices are going to go up. I don't think so. Uh, but there's ways to uh, monitor that, too. So we want to dig down on that as as well as look at the, uh, uh, you know, the benefits, the pros and cons. And uh, I'm going to uh, see if I can get some some folks from AT&T and maybe T-Mobile to come on the show and discuss that a little bit. Because, once again, it's all a part about infrastructure development, all a part about creating jobs. Uh, it's that's it, It's all together. It's all together, and we are becoming a wireless world, a global wireless world. Uh, how many times do you have dropped calls? And uh, I mean, it's so important. Uh, it's also important for uh, safety. Uh, we also talked last week on the 10th anniversary of 9/11, uh, and, and the commission that um, the report that was done after 9/11. One of the big things that came up was that the first responders uh, arriving at the twin towers. We're limiting their communication because of the ability of the communication mechanism had in place at that time. So the standardization of communication and, and frequencies, especially uh, is, 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 is a, in my mind, a uh, safety issue, and it's also a security issue, not to mention an economic opportunity as well. So we've got to uh, face these uh, these issues. Uh, we got to face it, and knowing that. Uh, with the growth that we are projecting, uh, and, and especially in U.S. travel and freight, you know, the port volume is uh, expected to double by 2020. Uh, the freight tonnage that we're going to, you know, bring in goods and uh, from uh, manufacturers to distributors to dealers to retail stores, uh, that tonnage is uh, estimated to increase by 88% by 2035. And passenger miles traveled uh, is to increase by 80% in the next 30 years. Think about that, 80% in the next 30 years. So we have a huge opportunity here. And this is the reason I am so excited about uh this uh, private-public partnership concept, and like I said, there's a nice article in Engineering News Record. Uh, just uh, downloaded it this morning, and uh, and and the president of uh, Shaska USA Civil in uh, Whitestone, New York, was talking about uh, a program that they were working on, uh, 1.5 billion dollar, uh, I believe it's Portsmouth to Norfolk Tunnel Project in Virginia. Uh, which I have a 58-year concession on. So it's being creative, and I think we got to do more of that. Uh, yes, uh, our dollars, our tax dollars are going into the government, but I, at the same time, uh, it takes private enterprise as well. So I think we got to become more and more creative in, in that regard. You know, before we uh, uh, take uh, drill down on the American Jobs Act, I need to get a short break in here. So we're going to be back in 40. Five seconds. So hang in there. Be right back. This segment is brought to you by 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit. 
12 O'Clock High is one of the undisputed best movie classics of all time. It is also one of the best business learning tools available. The movie rated number one by top executives for its influence on their management style. Now, the inspiration of the 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit. An innovative one-day event and 30-day follow-up where you will quickly see what's working and not working on the front lines of your company and in your own leadership style. Learn more at 12high.com. That's 12high.com. Thank you. We're back. Once again, you can uh, join the discussion by calling 619-768-7298. Before we take a look at the proposed uh, uh, American Jobs Act, just a couple more things on the uh, national vision, if you will, for the infrastructure. And what I found very uh, interesting every time I <laughs> start digging, uh, digging and looking, but I want I want to quote a couple of things in the World Infrastructure uh, Ranking uh, 2010. This is 2010 Global Competitiveness. Uh, and, and the source uh, is World Economic Forum. Okay, um, Hong Kong's number one, Germany number two, number three is the United uh, Arab Emirates, France is four, Singapore is five, Switzerland six, Netherlands seven, United Kingdom is eight, Canada is nine, Sweden, Japan. Iceland, Denmark, Spain, and the United States comes in 15, okay? 15. 15. And that takes me back to the extension. You know, the last multi-year infrastructure law passed by Congress, do you know, was in 2005, okay? 2005, okay? So we've had eight extensions for the surface transportation, as I said, 21 for the FAA. So it's unacceptable. So let it be known. Let it be known. Okay? Now, all right, I am sure everybody has read or heard or it's got great coverage uh, President Obama's uh, been on the road uh, uh, touting his uh, America's Job Act proposal. Uh, and I want to just bring some highlights to this, food for thought, and uh, and, and some areas. Now, now, like I said, President Obama presented this to Congress Monday, September the 12th. We need to really stay on top of that. We we need to have a strong voice because we've got to get action on this. My concern is it is with millions of people in the United States, uh, California, our home state, uh, and globally. Uh, we've got to be able to do more action than talking and bittering. Bickering, excuse me, bickering. That requires what? Communication and the ability to compromise and the ability to be able to lay out a compelling vision and support your vision, which is grounded in solid, solid data. Now, President Obama, I'll just go through some of the uh, huge cuts, and I I mean, huge proposals, I think it's something that we should be really aware of, we, the industry, the business should be aware of. And and it starts and it, where he talks about cut it, uh, tax cuts to help American small business hire and grow, right? Okay. So what is this deal? Cutting the payroll tax, uh, which the White House says it affect 98% of business, right? Now, the president's plan uh, will cut in half the taxes paid by businesses. Now, this is important on their first $5 million in payroll, Okay. Which will affect, uh, that's the majority of small business, will affect 90% of the business. So that's a big deal. So we need to, that that's, uh, puts money back in the pocket, right? Now, another thing that's uh, in the proposal is a complete payroll tax holiday. 
for added workers or increased wages. Now, this is uh, it's pretty interesting. Now, I want to be very clear. The short-term stuff does not, you know, it's not the way to go. However, when we look at the now and today, when you have a provider that gets up every day, stressed out, uh, am I going to have a job? How can I continue to pay my bills? How can I provide that quality of life that I choose for me and my family? All of these things are very, very important, right? They're important, and they're real. So what I what I encourage everyone to do is, God, it's just hammer the phones and it's, it's make sure that this thing moves and it's get something that we can measure that's not uh, attached to all of these different conditions and and that's self-promoting uh, for the individual member of, of the of – I just want to say lawmakers, well, both, both sides, houses, right? So this is important, is to make sure uh, that uh, we, we watch this and we get things done because this needs to be on the street now. We need to do what? Create jobs, 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 jobs. Now, part of the uh, president's proposal is uh, extending 100% expensing on investment to 2012. Now, this is where and the construction industry and equipment manufacturing and equipment distribution industry, this is where we really need to take a serious look at this. There are some opportunities here. Because it's 100% expensive in 2012, especially in California where we have the CARB and the regulations and the aging fleets and all those type of things. There's such a such a complexity, and that's what I uh, let off with at the opening of the show. It's we're living in a complex world, right? And and we want this world to be uh, environmental friendly. Uh, we want you know <laughs> fresh air. Uh, we want all of these things. Uh, it, it's not uh, uh, creating jobs at all costs, but we got to have people working. And to be able to upgrade your fleet, to make it uh, make uh, investments uh, while uh, taking advantage of this expense is, is a big deal in my mind. So you manufacturers out there uh, and you dealers out there, uh, boy, there's some creativity available here. Now, what I'm hearing uh, from the manufacturing side of the off-road and on-road uh, construction-related and supply chain is uh, going to be a shortage of equipment. So in the equipment off-road side, if you will, the rental fleets, and that's where the big people are coming from is you know, renting equipment. So once again, uh, that's another show within itself. So be aware and, and be on top and make sure that your controllers and your accountants are really taking a look at your fleet and see how you can uh, take advantage of this 100% expansion into 2012. I got I got to really time just flies. I you know when we're doing these things. Okay. Now another thing that the president uh, is pro- uh, proposing. Uh, putting workers back on the job while rebuilding and modernizing America. That's what he says, right? Then he goes on to talk about returning heroes, and I agree. I am a uh, disabled Vietnam veteran. I have a disability for Vietnam. I uh, support the veterans, and more so today. we got to make sure that when our returning veterans are coming back from uh, uh, Afghanistan and all the other places around the world, we need to help these folks to uh, come back into society and to help them get a job uh, in addition to the health care and, uh, and, and, and just help them to move ahead. So there are some uh, tax credits uh, that's going to apply, uh, which I think is a big deal. We need to look at that deeper. Uh, the president's proposing 5600 to 9600 to encourage the hiring of unemployed veterans, right? So that's a big deal. Now, the next thing in putting people back to work is uh, what the president is saying is preventing up to 280,000 teacher layoffs and while keeping the law enforcement and firefighters on the job. Well, this is a big deal. Uh, he's proposing that there's you – know, he's saying that there's over 35,000 public schools across, uh, schools, excuse me, across the country uh, that supporting uh, 
building new or upgrading new science labs, uh, uh, internet-ready classrooms, and uh, renovations at schools across the country and in Europe. So this is a big deal. I mean, for all your contractors, architects, and engineers, and financiers uh, with our school districts, now we can get creative here, okay? We can get creative. There's a lot of stuff that we can do if we'll become proactive, just like some of the, the quote that I did from this firm that's really uh, going out and doing the uh, 3P partnerships, if you will. So that's some opportunity here. Now, he's also talking about uh, the word immediate, and I don't know what that is within inside Washington, inside the Beltway, but immediately to invest in the infrastructure, and I love this word, bipartisan uh, National Infrastructure Bank. Yep. We we got to take a look at this. I mean, if we don't get that in place in such such a way, uh, we're never going to continue to modernize to upgrade our roads and rails and airports, waterways, and all of these things that the Society of Civil Engineers and their report are for the most part. Uh, California and all places rank a D in that area, and we got it across the country as, as well. Now, the other part of the proposal that you need to be aware of is that the project rebuild. Now this is interesting. I don't you know this is really interesting. Uh the concept there is to put people to work rehabilitate uh, refurbishing if you will homes and businesses and communities by leveraging private capital and scaling uh, land banks and private sector for his homes that's been foreclosed on and etc. Now this is also another interesting one, right? I got a lot of interesting ones for that. Uh, the president talked about expanding access to high-speed wireless. Well, we talked about that. Remember, I said earlier at AT&T and the T-Mobile and the others. Yet, <laughs> we come together and AT&T, T-Mobile proposes it, and now we got everybody to come together and just do a lawsuit and just stop this and stop the injunction. And you know, but at the same time, God, our, our world runs owned uh, wireless, so we need to make sure that we stay and support that, and it's going to create some jobs too, okay? Now, another thing is in, in the Jobs Act that the President's proposing, uh, what he calls a pathway back to work for Americans looking for jobs. Uh, it's a reform to the unemployment insurance program. Uh, it's really huge. You know, it's the biggest reform that in 40 years as part of the extension of the unemployment insurance to prevent. We got, you know, five million Americans looking for work from losing their benefits. Okay, so this is, this is a big deal as well. And you, uh, your employers, uh, and and your people is listening to the program that you're unemployed and looking for a job. Really dig into that and understand uh, and incorporate this in your job search. Uh, to your employer and say, are you participating in this act? You're doing that. So this is where we got to get, uh, I don't like to say, but outside the box, if you will, this is where we got to get some creative, right? So, so this is, this is a big, uh, big deal. And also, uh, further, uh, the president's proposing a $4,000 tax credit to employers for hiring long, long-term unemployed workers. We got to drill down on what it means by long-term. Now, and also, which we know, for for you that are uh, out of a job, looking for a job, the longer you're out of a job, the harder it is to find a job because a lot of the employers look at your resume and say, you've been out of a job, can't get a job, so I'm not going to hire you because you don't have this. So, and so it's a catch-22. So we want to make sure that uh, we are sensitive, our employers are sensitive, not discriminating against people that's been uh, unemployed for a long period of time. Now, another thing that we've – it's a uh, – this proposal of the president's is expanding opportunities, especially for low-income youths and adults, uh, uh, all ethnic. I don't care. I mean, we, we really got to take a look at that. If we don't, we got our youth going in, and you know, if they don't have anything to do, if they don't have food, they're going to start stealing. And we're going into uh, the criminal justice system, and then we start creating a perpetual. Uh, repeat offenders and on and on and on. It's so expensive to keep people in jails and others to try to educate them and give them food and give them an opportunity for hope, if you will. Now, this one, um, tax relief, and uh, we've got about 15 minutes left today. Uh, tax relief, uh, cutting the payroll tax uh, in half, yeah, you know, 
will affect about 160 million workers uh, next year. So we really need to uh, look at that and to make sure uh, that that's that's happening, if you will, and 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 allowing Americans to refinance their mortgages. I don't know. That is the dumbest thing that I think that we have done in recent years. Okay. There's no one clean, you know where I'm going with this, there is no one that got a clean slate when it comes to this residential mortgage mess. No one. Everybody's has some uh, responsibility to bear here. Okay, But instead of allowing one home at a time to be foreclosed on and going through all that gyration, Let's look at a let's look at a process where we all the banks that hold in mortgages that are in default to be able to say, okay, we're going to do a one-time thing. Let's go to Congress and we're going to get everybody back to market. We're going to refinance uh, your house, but not to say this not need, need some reforms to happen to go forward, but it's not just nonsense off. That's going on right now, and that's one of the best things that we could we could do uh, to help deal with this residential mortgage deal. Because who wins? You go to foreclosure, the house sits there, it falls apart, uh, credit is destroyed, and so I mean this is I mean this is just insane. So we got to make sure that um, we, uh, we we start uh, communicating uh, a plan like this to your local representative. Uh, local representatives, right? Now, the last thing that I want to discuss on the president's uh, uh, job plan creation is is to ensure that the American Jobs Act is fully paid for. Well, when I see all this stuff, that's my question. Where's the money coming from? <laughs> right? Where's the money coming from? Well, that just reminds me, if you uh, on a show two or three or four weeks ago, when I was kind of up in arms about this, what we call this super committee, right? And you may remember me saying, well, that's, geez, I don't know, but that's the reason we elected you people to go, but now we've got to go to the super committee. Well, it's interesting, uh, as to be expected. Um, as to be expected, this is what the super committee did. Okay, this is, they held their first meeting just a few days ago, September the 13th, right? Okay. Well, guess what? First thing they do is so they can't agree to agree. Right? So uh, just absolutely going, you know, how how are they going to come up with these major cuts? And like I said, this is over ten. We need decisions. We need cuts now, and and also uh, putting people to work uh, is how we go about. Uh, uh, start helping reduce some of this deficit as well, okay? So keep your eyes on the super committee, right? Uh, keep your eyes on the super committee. Now, I want to just highlight a couple of things. And what I wanted to do is I did an overview of the president's uh, job act. And since we're in our home state, I wanted to kind of drill down and see what impact that would that would have on California. Okay. Well, it's a tax cut to help American small businesses hire and grow. Well, if the plan goes to the president's plan, would cut the payroll tax in half to three point one percent. That's a big deal for employers in the first five million, right? So that's a real number there, and you need to need to be aware of that. Uh, cut it to three point three point one uh, for employers on the first five million in wages. Okay, providing broad tax relief to businesses. And like I said, that's targeting about 98% of the firms and wages below this level. So in California alone, there would be over 700,000 firms will receive a tax cut under the uh, Act. So this is a big deal. need to be on that. And putting workers back to rebuilding and modernizing America, right? And you've heard me say about uh, from the American Society of Civil Engineers, I think I just quoted it, uh, all of our infrastructure grades are D and below. If this happened, it, it's projected that the president's plan uh, will make immediate, and that's what I want a definition to is immediate, uh, immediate investment of at least uh, almost four billion dollars uh, to California 
that would support a minimum approximately about 51,000 jobs, okay? So we need to look at that. And all of your all your employers, we really need to be drilling, be on top of that, cutting edge of what's happening and watch that come down. Now, also in California, uh, where the president proposes to invest $35 billion to, uh, billion dollars to prevent layoffs of about 280,000 teachers, right? Now, refurbishing uh, these schools, uh, California could see about $3.6 billion in funds. Uh, in this area, so we really need to look at that, especially all your architects and engineers, and especially contractors that deals in higher education and schools, and et cetera. Okay. And and in additional, uh, the president proposing twenty five billion investment in the school infrastructure. Right, we talked about that. Once again, that'd be about a, another two point eight billion dollars to create another thirty six. So there are some significance here, providing that we can make this thing happen now. And providing that once these things, the old term shovel ready, and you heard me talk about that, that drives me nuts as well. Uh, but understand how we can actually, through regulation, permitting process, approval process, the Coastal Commission, the Planning Commission, and all of these people, that we can get stuff uh, uh, to move ahead. And again, I always take a deep breath when I start taking, start going down this path, if we will. I'm not advocating that we do shoddy work or we do anything that's not uh, of good sound best practices, uh, not only for building codes but for environment. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we come. What I am saying is that sometimes uh, we go to the ridiculous of some of this stuff. So we've got to find a happy median there. Now, uh, the president is also proposing this $15 billion and a national effort to put construction workers on uh, the rehab and purpose at home. You remember I talked about that? Well, California, again, I'm drilling down on what California could potentially see and benefit from this, uh, could benefit about $1.8 billion in, in, in this area as, as, as well, okay? So that would uh, that would help. Uh, that would be to refurbish local communities and homes and et cetera. Okay, now... The president also, in his plan, there's $5 billion to invest for uh, community colleges, uh, investment in, in all the community college level. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a big deal as well. And uh, all of your community uh, college presidents and uh, chancellors, um, we really need to start digging in on that because there's a potential from this of $1.1 billion, uh, in funding for the fiscal year for the community colleges alone. So we need to get all over that, okay? So we need to really be, be on top of that, okay? Now, once again, um, extended unemployment insurance, uh, which would affect almost – 400,000 people in California alone by extending that. Uh, so that, w- that would help a lot. Uh, and president, what they call the pathway back to work, uh, in the youth programs, uh, we could, for that program, potentially put about 20,000 of us in, in. You know, it doesn't sound like big numbers, but it is. You know, anything that we can do one at a time will work. And it could direct about 58,000 youth. So, you know, it's it's a start. It's not everything. But it's something that we can uh, uh, certainly get our arms wrapped around. So, once again, what do you need to do? What I want you to do? Hey, get on the phone. Write your letters. Send the emails. Just follow this thing and just get this uh, uh, jobs uh, thing passed, right? Let's get it passed. So. I also want to, uh, before our time's up today, to uh, just talk a little bit about some of the discussions. This kind of, as, as I said at the end of the show, we've got two or three or four things that we can do a whole series on each one of these. But it's kind of my collage, if you will, uh, of bringing awareness uh, and call to action. But in the remaining time that we have, um, I want to just do some highlights on, uh, from the committees that's focused on the tax re- uh, reform. And there's no question we need uh, we, we need to have long-term tax reform, right? 
sounds like a political speech, but it's true. We we need to have that. Uh, so I just want to give you some current information. As of Thursday, September the 14th, uh, here in on tax reform, and they're talking about the marginal tax rates and the capital uh, gains and dividends. Uh, the Senate Finance Committee members, uh, they were exploring different options, and they had panelists to rec- recommendation for changes to tax treatment on ordinary and investment income. Now, and I'd say overall the committee members expressed concerns about raising the tax rate right on small business owners who are at the top two tax brackets, which is 33 and 35%, right, under the current law. Now, I want to say absent congressional action before 2013, now this is what's really important, the two top rates are scheduled. Now, you need to hear this are scheduled uh, to rise to 36 and 39.6 respectively, okay? 2013, so that's a big deal. It's money out of your pocket, right? Now, respectively, the capital gains rate is scheduled to increase from 15 to 20, another 5%, okay? And the rate on what's called qualified dividends, uh, scheduled to be raised from 15 to 39.6%. So I know this tax stuff and this IRS stuff and all that. I know it is boring, it is numbers, it's debate, but these these are big numbers. It's taking money out of our pocket, right? I mean, they're really, really taking money out of our pocket. Now, it's also... Uh, and the uh, discussion, and I found this one a little troublesome. Hmm. And, yeah, I'm going to put his name out there. Um, the discussion went on where we were talking about uh, deductions, and the number came up like 1.2 trillion annually must be eliminated, okay? Uh, and some of the... Elimination, this is what it is, the, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Chief Italian uh, Taxation and Chief of Staff Edward uh, uh, Kleinbard, said, quote, personal itemized deduction, employer-sponsored health insurance, charitable contribution deduction, and mortgage interest deduction should be phased out. I don't know. I need to I need to dig more, but boy that was troublesome to me. I don't know about you. So what do you think about that? It's uh you know, be aware of this. This is some discussion is going on. Now now this is the reason that he gave. The reason to eliminate all the personal itemized deductions is that it is impossible to choose among them. So let's get rid of them all. <laughs> That's our brightest, right? Let's get rid of them at all, okay? Our only practical hope, he goes on to say, is to round up and eliminate all these tax sacred cows at once. Okay, let's just throw it all away, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um you know, I don't know, and I think, and I think Greenspan kind of kind of agree with that a little bit too. So that was a little uh, troublesome as well. So as the weeks uh, come and go, we're going to continue to drill down on these things. Uh, so the day uh, we talked about the need for infrastructure, we'll continue to do that. Uh, we talked about the extension of FAA and the infrastructure, and we talked about uh, the president's uh, uh, proposed uh, tax bill uh, and the impact it would have on California. So we've got a lot of stuff out there today. Uh, like I said, next week uh, I'm going to try to, and I don't often use that word try, uh, but I really want to get some people from AT&T, maybe T-Mobile, to join the show. And I want to dig down on this, uh, you know, what the uh, DOJ uh, is having to say. 
and 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 see if we can get some real real information, if you will. So, a um, lot of stuff today. Uh, I, I want to take this opportunity once again to thank everybody from around the world. Uh, the shows, and since we moved to this platform, is picking up more speed. So I want to thank you. Uh, I, I want to wish everybody a great day uh, wherever your travels may be, wherever you are around the globe. And uh, this is Jim White uh, broadcasting live from Carmel, California on uh, 17th uh, September 2011. Until next week, make it a safe and wonderful day and week, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website, jlwhiteinternational.com. Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio.